0: Welcome to Yolitix, the home of cold beer and hot takes on Texas politics. Another, okay, uh, l- episode,
1: ask... Wait, another just... episode here. Let me start the podcast no, first. No, I man. heard let... a
2: sound. I heard a sound there, and I'm curious, <laughs> what non-Texas beer did you just open? Let me couch it
1: with. I haven't been going to the grocery <laughs> store lately. <laughs> My wife has been going because of COVID. I'm like, I can't, you know, the money maker here. Got to keep everything looking nice. Of course, I, I can't go to the store. I get that. Um, so I have, I have Tecate. Oh, Tecate is m- never a bad choice. It's yeah, it, it's it's not bad. It, it's close. It's Monterey. Um, so it's 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 a good beer. But I also have a drawer full of Rolling Rock. You know, Latrobe, Pennsylvania. Rolling Rock's and, good too. Um, a couple of German beers, Bitburger.
2: I think we're going to let Robert uh, weigh in on this in just a second. We're, we're going to introduce you to Robert here in just a sec. Uh, mm-hmm. I am having a Carbach, the Carbachtoberfest. This is bred nice. in Texas, and it is a Bavarian-style Sadrazen. I, I don't know what that – I don't know how to – Marzen? It German. What? Is it Marzen,
1: M-A-R-Z-E-N?
2: Oh, it is. It looked like an S, a Mar- A Marson. You you know all this stuff, Dude. and yet there you are with all of these imports in your well, house, <laughs> uh, Robert. Uh, what do you think of the selection here uh, from what you've seen?
3: Zakati's uh, close. Uh, I'm pretty much a Bach <laughs> myself. I don't go in. I like that fears, too. But Schinnerbachs mine. Nevertheless, Robert spent
1: 40 years in, in law enforcement. He was at uh, Dallas Police Department uh, for four decades. Ladies and gentlemen, that is a long time at DPD. He was also SWAT commander there as well, too. Um, we have him on Yolitics though, because he is now a, uh, a partner in a firearms training service for brand new gun owners. So normally we have a beer and talk politics. We're going to have a, a beer and talk guns. And, Robert, before we get to you here, I got a question for Jason. You're a native what? Texan, Jason. How many guns do you have? Uh, I don't have any. You're a native Texan, man. You no, don't believe I, I me. I don't, do you? Believe you. I don't believe you.
2: <laughs> you know what? Here, I, I'll give you a hint too. Even if I had a hundred of them here, I would probably still say. And that is
1: exactly any. my point, my friend. Never tell, never tell anyone how many guns you have. Never. You never, never answer tell that. Uh, but we're talking about <clears throat> we're talking about guns and ammo specifically. Because you can't find them. You can find guns. You know, a handful of guns are out there. um, If you go to Academy, if you shop at places like Grab a Gun or your local gun dealer. um, But you can't find any ammo at all. I think the only ammo that I can find out there is for a shotgun. And I'll admit, I don't have a shotgun. Uh, You can't find Mm. anything. And it's all been selling out as we lead up to the November election. I'm thinking, what the hell is going on? Are people getting ready for the revolution, or what? Do you think there's going to be armed conflict in the streets? It's kind of frightening, Jason.
2: Well, there's been a lot of talk about that. There have been a lot of headlines. Uh, You know, just before we came on, I uh, typed in a few things, and the headlines that pop up, uh, here's just two of them. Uh, Black Lives Matter, Antifa, and Far Left promises rioting if Trump wins. Another one, right-wing militias are bracing for civil war. So you see enough of these headlines, and even if— you say you don't have a gun and you actually don't have a gun uh, at home, uh, you might be one of these people thinking maybe it's time. And that's why we brought Robert Owens in today uh, to talk about this, just because 2020 has been such an unusual year, Robert. Uh, You know, it started, of course, with the pandemic and I think people felt really uncertain in those first months and you started to wonder you know does civilization hold up does order hold up here Uh, and then we started seeing the uh, protests across the country over inequality and racial injustice and I think that some people might have felt a little unsafe in certain neighborhoods then especially when some of those protests turned violent and then now we're heading into a very contentious election Robert, what are you hearing? What kind of, first of all, what is the demographic that you're coming across these days um, as far as, you know, people seeking out your services? Because you actually train people on how to use a gun.
3: Yes, that's why we started the company, Owen Riggs, to, to train first-time gun buyers. And what we're finding is it's in all demographics. Uh, the FBI reports that uh, 40, 58% of new gun buyers this year were African-Americans, 40% were women. And these are people that, uh, this is by FBI background check. So this is not from the gun industry. So we're seeing it all over the board. And I I think there's there's several reasons that Corona is one, but there's three major reasons why everybody's nervous at this time of year.
1: Well, Well, lay those out. What are the three major reasons?
3: Well, the first one is the virus. You know, People aren't working. You know, a lot of people, you know, they're they're having a hard time making ends meet. So crime is going up, violent crime especially is going up. Uh, The second thing is the demonstrations and riots. You know, uh, if they're demonstrations or riots, even if they're demonstrations, peaceful demonstrations, they take police resources away from doing their normal job. If they're riots, they take all the police resources away. So the police aren't available to answer calls in the neighborhoods, you know, away from the riots. They're too busy with the riots. And the last thing, which happens, this is a cyclical thing, every four years, it might not have been as bad the last four Mm. years or four years ago, but it's a presidential election year and people are nervous Mm. about the the new party or a party coming in. So those strings, those three things put together, every four years, it, it always happens. But you have these other two factors on top of that to make just unprecedented number of uh, guns sold in the first Mm. nine months of this year.
1: Are people reading this right? I mean, this is the United States. Is something really going to happen here? Is this going to be a banana republic where, you know, there's gunfire in the streets and and people, uh, you know, can't agree on the results of a
3: presidential election? I hope not. I don't think so. I think American people or whoever wins the election— you know, we're going to have a peaceful transition and it might be rocky there for a few days because one side or the other is not going to be happy. But I believe in the American people and they're not going to, it's not going to be a banana, banana republic. It's not going to be revolution in the street.
2: It so you think this is much ado about nothing? The fact that we're seeing—I mean, there's you know people putting out guides on you know what to do on election day and after, and you know we we need people to show up and and this and that—and that's not necessarily saying that they want to incite violence, but we're seeing you know especially some of these fringe groups, uh, you know, saying that you know if this doesn't go our way, this might get ugly. You don't think that we're going to see—is this going to be another Y two K where you know we all stocked up with? You know, a thousand canned goods in the pantry and then eight canned goods for the next eight years because it was unnecessary. Oh, that's certainly
3: my hope. and I, I think I think that's what's gonna happen. I think there'll be fringe groups on either side that are gonna be foolish, you know depending on who wins or who loses and who loses. But I think the the basics, you know, the American people are gonna you know they're gonna see through that. they're gonna they're scared right now. But I think things will rock mm-hmm. along, and I think we'll be okay after the election, no matter well, who. How,
2: is. how quickly, how quickly does that devolve, though? When you do have some actors on the fringe who start to do things, how fast can this spiral? You've been, you were in law enforcement for a very long time, uh, and and you know that all it takes sometimes is a spark. And now you have all of these people who are armed, a lot of them for the first time in their lives, some of them, maybe many of them, who haven't gone to get training from someone like you. And if you have a gun, maybe you're more likely to use a gun, especially if you've had no training. What do you? How fast could that spiral if it does happen?
3: You know, I don't think that's the case. I think the people who are buying the guns for the first time are law-abiding citizens. They're trying to protect themselves. I think you see this in the these riots in portland and seattle the a lot of these people are armed they've been armed for weeks and months so i i don't think that's going to happen there's going to be fringe elements that have to be taken care of but i think with strong law enforcement presence it will uh, will stop that And i think the hmm. the president or the president-elect whoever whoever it's going to be uh needs to be a calming voice and seek uh, everybody to come together and we don't want this re- uh, revolution, we don't want bloodshed, we don't want Americans killing Americans in the street of America. That's just, that's the worst case scenario.
1: It's crazy we're even talking about that though. I, I just, I, I can't it, imagine yeah. that, that that's even a conversation we have here because that's, you know, something we see in, in you know third world countries, honestly. Uh, the fact that we're having that conversation here is, is disturbing, it's disgusting, it's fascinating, it's scary. I want to ask you about something you said uh, earlier there, uh, Robert, and, and that is you said a lot of the first-time gun buyers um, that are out there are, are black and are women. What does that tell you?
3: It tells me that people that in the past that didn't want a gun in the house, ever want a gun in their house, now realize is a last resort. When I call the police and they put me on hold or they don't show up for a long time, I'm basically my own first responder.
2: All right. So uh, just to put some numbers with this, uh, the FBI statistics, this was as of September. So, you know, it's gone up since then. But the FBI says there have been one one million seven hundred thirty thousand two hundred seventy eight firearm background checks through September in Texas. That's the most of any year since tracking began back in 1998. Of course, background checks are not directly indicative of gun sales, but they are a good indicator, uh, and that blows away uh, the, the previous numbers on that. Uh, Robert, does that comport with what you've been seeing as far as the number of people who have said, hey, could you show me how to use this thing now that I've got
3: it? Yes, and nationally, uh, I don't know if you see the figures nationally, Uh mm-hmm they sold 20 or they did 28 million background checks in 2019 they did 28 million background checks in the first 3 quarters of 2020 so as of september 31st they they actually exceeded the whole 2019
2: and so it all tracks it all
3: tracks yeah and you know you say this it's a good indicator of how many guns were sold it is because if you fill out a form and you submit your form and you lied on it, so you're going to fail the background mm-hmm. check. It's a felony. So right. most people, if they're going to buy a gun illegally, they're not going to fill out that form. So the vast I mean, vast majority of background checks pass. And a lot of times when they mm-hmm. don't, it's because there's too many people with the same name. But very few people actually lie. Are you a felon? No, and you are. That, that's rare because you open yourself up to a federal felony. But the other thing with that is you can buy multiple guns with every background check. If you go in there and you buy five guns, that's one background check. So the mm-hmm. figures, that's the best number to use, 28 million. But the real number, I, you know, I'm not sure anybody knows.
2: Well, there's a likelihood, you know, if, if we do the quick math, when when you say those things, there's a likelihood that f- far more than 28 million firearms yeah. have been sold uh, in the first three quarters. Yeah, I would
3: pretty much guarantee there's more. Most people buy one, but people buy two, you know, it, you just don't know. So that that's a good ballpark. That's a figure to use uh, for stats, 28 million. And that's from the FBI. So. That's a pretty accurate figure,
1: Robert. We don't want to freak our listeners out, but the reality is, is that if you go to even places like Academy, where there are families that are there buying baseball bats and, and whatever else, maybe uh, you, you cannot find any any ammunition at all, and and that that's concerning to me. But I, I'm just I'm I'm curious what this looks like. Let's say ten years down the road, we're going to have a hell of a lot of guns out there. Do you see anything that, you know, farther down the road that, that this could this could impact? Does it concern you that there will be so much, uh, so many firearms, so much ammo out there?
3: Well, it's right now, there. you know, the FBI estimates uh, estimates there's 400 million guns in the United States.
1: Which is so that's more a, than one for every person alive well, in the U.S. Yeah,
3: 1.2, they call it, for every person in the United States. You think about, like Jason, who has no guns, then someone else has to have
2: or he says, or he, he, says doesn't. he doesn't.
3: <laughs> Somebody else has to make up for that. So some people obviously have quite a few guns. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's you know, we're a nation of laws and hopefully we'll get back to that. And there'll be, there'll be penalties when you break the law and the law enforcement will enforce these things. And, you know, I, I don't, there's always been guns in the United States. It's a gun culture. It always has been. And, you know, I, I just, I go back to the people as, as being reasonable and and they're going to use them in the proper way. Uh, uh, getting back to the ammo, if I can, real yeah. quick. Yeah, that that yeah. is, uh, that's a hoarding thing. You know, people are scared, so they buy mm-hmm. all they can. There's also a lot of people that uh, buy to resell. So, we, we saw mm-hmm. this after after every major disaster, every major initiative to limit guns or ammunition or both that the the supply goes way up
1: are, are you are you
3: hoarding some right now robert not it's I'll not say, around stay stay have, in the
1: line when we get done i'll see what you have all right i might buy I some for no, you
3: i have no bullets <laughs> in my house but you're right the, the shelves are empty uh it's you know i i buy stuff mail order it's you,
1: you can't find a it mail not, order either though it, it, it doesn't exist find, anywhere
3: i i did a uh interview with a uh, uh, show in Miami, and the guy was looking for 410 shotgun shells for his son hmm. uh, for practice with the shotgun, which is the the smallest shotgun shell you can buy. He couldn't find any 410 shotgun shells.
2: Hmm. I'd like to note here that even if Robert has a huge cache of ammo at his house, the correct answer again is to say, "I don't have any." That's the Texan there. answer. Um, <laughs> Not- Yeah. And so uh, that makes a lot of sense, though, Robert, that there's probably a lot of, uh, you know, economics at stake here as well when we talk about ammunition, because, I mean, my goodness. You know, if you're, you know, looking to make some money and you see people, you know, fighting in the aisles over toilet paper, you start thinking, well, what, you know, might happen next? Let me buy all this ammo because that's going to be, you know, something that might be in short supply and people might be willing to pay crazy amounts of money for it. That, that makes a lot right, of sense. We
3: saw that with toilet paper and masks. Uh, mm-hmm. so yeah, certainly with ammunition and it's not regulated like guns are. Guns, you know, it's it's registered. It's a this background check's done for you for that serial number so they know who has that weapon with ammunition it's uh they don't get any data they just want to make sure you're 21 years old to sell it to you Wow! other than that you buy
2: what do most people say to you when they come to you these days for uh for training uh, i mean are you getting uh, a lot of just total novices who've never shot a gun before certainly never owned a gun before maybe were even opposed to to guns before generally
3: generally all the above you know someone uh in the house absolutely we will not have a gun in my house you know the wife the husband someone in that house and they make a decision and i never encourage people one way or the other it's up to you you decide that you want to have a gun in your house because it's a big responsibility I mean, it's it's a dangerous thing if you're not properly trained with
1: it. Let me ask you this. Last question or two here, and we'll let you run here. Um, but I, I'm just curious, what does your gut tell you? Are you nervous about what happens on November 3rd, November the 4th? Do you think people will be taken to the streets? Um, where, where are you, man? You've been in law enforcement for four decades.
3: I think they will, no matter who wins. Uh, I think more so if... Uh, Well, you know, I don't know either. Either way, it's going to happen. And hopefully, you know, the president or the president elect, you know, talks and says people settle down, you know, we're going to we're going to follow the law. This is we're going to have a peaceful transition or the current president is going to stay in effect. And he is the president. We need to support him and we need to come together. And uh, I hope that's what's going to happen. I think there will be fringe groups, no question on both sides. That that we're not going to be happy either way, but hopefully, I, I'm sure law enforcement is gearing up, uh, you know, at all levels for just such a thing. Well, you
1: spent 40 years at DPD. What do you think is happening at the Dallas Police Department right now? What do they do? They cancel vacations? Mm-hmm. Do They tell everyone just be on standby, uh, or is everyone does everyone come in on November 3rd, or what happens? It's got to be all hands on deck. All these big cities. yeah, they'll
3: probably go to 12-hour shifts. No no leave. 12-hour shifts, uh, half the people, everybody works, but you can't put everybody working, you know, 12 hours, because then at the end of 12 hours, everybody goes home. So you put half the people on the A shift, 7 to 7, 7A to 7P, the other half on the night shift, and you go like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Of course, you know, it costs a lot of money in overtime, but uh, that's what they will – I'm sure that's what they'll do. That's what we always did in the past, and – Try to get everybody out there, every, every person you can on the, on the line.
2: Boy, don't you miss
3: it. Uh, I, I do. I miss the people. <laughs> you know, after so long a time, I miss the people. But a lot of, a lot of it I don't miss, especially.
2: Yeah, on a night like that, it's going to feel yeah. really good to just sit back and watch the returns come in and not have to put on a uniform and, and go oh, out Oh, yeah, there.
3: I'm sure they'll, they'll start probably that day. You know, election day, they'll Mm -hmm. start uh, twelve-hour shifts. You know, I don't, I have no uh, inside knowledge, but I'm sure they're the chiefs planning on it right now, and I'm sure they're going to be prepared, as will the county and the the state, wow, and the Mm foot.
1: Robert Owens, thanks so much, man. Appreciate your
3: insight. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me.
1: All right, that was uh, Robert Owens. Let's talk. Let's talk now to uh, David Prince. David's a friend of mine. He uh, owns the. Uh, Eagle Gun Range. There's one in Farmers Branch, and where's the other one, David? It's up, it's way up north. It's too
0: far from me. <laughs> it's in Louisville.
1: It's in Louisville. Yeah, Louisville. that's that's like Oklahoma City for me, man. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's a it's a haul up there. But um, David has a uh, you know two stores, gun store, sells firearms, sells uh ammo and he has two real class act ranges there and i i've been to the ranges and i've talked to david multiple times over the years so david we appreciate your insight and and for always taking our call too man always
0: honored i'm very honored especially
2: especially these days we imagine you've been a little bit busy how have sales been
0: Uh, their sales are rocking off the charts we we've never seen anything like this jason what's going on
1: man What, what do you why are people buying up everything
0: Uh, Since the um, COVID started, we got busy during COVID, but once the riots hit downtown Dallas and things, people have just been knocking down our doors left and right. It's Hmm. it's mostly the civil unrest, the talk about defunding the police departments. Uh, People are just really concerned today of their personal safety. Um, Our training, just our training's up about 76%. We've added probably 10 classes. We usually have about 10 classes a month. We've added 10 more classes just to keep up with training. Hmm. Um, The firearm sales, you know, back to Jason's comment, you know, if we could get all the firearms that we would like to sell our normal, we usually have about 200. We're a small gun store. We have about 200 firearms that we sell regularly, have an inventory of, and we're down to about 50 or 60. And just Hmm. that we're able to have, we're well over 120% of uh, last year's sales. Uh, If we had all of the ones that our typical inventory level, we'd be two and 300%, so.
2: Wait, so now you're at 120% of last year's sales. And that's as of what point in this year?
0: Uh, That's the last four weeks. And then since reopening, we closed down for a month. And then uh, I thought to become an essential business. And uh, since reopening in May, May second, uh, that's been uh, about forty percent increase in shooters and about ninety-five percent increase in firearms. Wow! Four weeks, it's it's over a hundred and fifteen percent.
1: David, you talked about firearms. Let's talk about ammo, though, for yeah, people who might already have not, firearms. No, let's
0: not talk about ammo, okay? Yeah, hand?
1: for people who might already have firearms, you can't find any ammo. No, it's it's horrible. Are people hoarding it, or, or what's
0: going on? No, we can't get the components. As, as everything I'm reading and hearing about, hmm. there's, we can't get the components. Our manufacturers can't get the components. And once they can get the components and have a completed product, then you have the high demand. But, you know, my typical uh, wholesaler that I buy it from, I mean, they've got none. So when they don't have any, it goes back to the manufacturer. And uh, my understanding is that the brass comes from Brazil and the Mm. lead comes from Canada and the firing pins come from uh, the the primers come from uh, Europe. So Hmm. you're trying to figure out all these components being COVID bound and trying to get into the U S and then once they get here, everything's shut down. It's just, is slowing down the raw materials getting here. Uh,
2: see, David, I think it's important, the nuance in that explanation. And, and that's part of the reason why we, we do this podcast, because you see these top line numbers of the number of people buying firearms and then you see that there's no ammunition available and then you see these headlines that say you know different groups are gearing up for you know post-election stuff and you think is that what's driving all of this it's really way more complex than that and it's also way more simple than that it's just like with all of these other products like a bicycle that you haven't been able to maybe to get your hands on because the components the 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 supply chain is all messed up because of COVID so this isn't necessarily that people are arming themselves to the teeth uh, because they're, they're thinking about the election. This is a whole host of things that are going on at one time.
0: It really is, Jason. I mean, that's, it, it, I don't want to oversimplify it, but it really is supply and demand is one piece of it, and there, the demand is up. Uh, mm-hmm. Was there, uh, ammo here to be bought? Yeah, people will be buying a lot of it, but that's not, the supply is not because it's been consumed, it's supply because of supply chain. Mm-hmm. Is my humble opinion, but that's what when you have my big distributors don't get any at all. Uh, it's not just people buying it up, it's not just mm-hmm. uh, there's the number. Of, one of the things we didn't talk about is just the, the number of first time shooters coming in here is staggering, Jason. Staggering. It's like 60, 70% of the people buying fires mm-hmm. today are brand new first time buyers. And uh, we're just grateful they come in here because we have the chance to point them toward a range so they can learn how to use it, you know, safely. Uh, buying it at some other, you know, large retailer, then they have to come here, which is, I'm glad they can.
1: Uh, well, what, what are they saying, David, when they come in to, to buy a firearm? Are, are they explaining why they want one?
0: Yes, yes, uh, absolutely. They're all almost to a T, every one on is civil unrest. They're really worried about their personal safety.
1: Are they concerned about what we saw like in, in uh, over the summer, or are they concerned about potential election results?
0: It's uh, it's civil unrest. That's okay. the that Whether it's for because of defunding police, because of lack of police response, because, you know, uh, civil unrest. Have, have you they ever seen the election? Morning. worse
1: have you ever seen it uh a buying spree like this for for firearms or for ammo in in, uh in your life
0: yes i have right after uh, sandy hooks we had a huge rush of people that were because they were threatening to take the ar-15s away from us that's you know feinstein and the rest of that group was really pushing to take ar-15s they were the precursor for the Beto heroic group today but you know they were it was really a huge run for AR-15s anything 5.56 five, went away, nine millimeter went away, but that was definitely second-time buyers. That wasn't all brand new shooters. That was yeah. that was people buying more. We saw maybe 10% new shooters, but the, most of that was people knowing what was coming. Was was more of on a hoarding type thing.
1: And th- this though is everything. This is firearms, pistols, uh, long guns, ammo. This is everything you're selling out of, right?
0: Everything. Uh, people are walking in and pointing to the firearm on the wall and says, "I want that one." Well, that's this, this. This. No, I don't care what it is. I want that one. Let me have it. Let me have it right now.
2: Uh, so we ha- so we have a lot of first time buyers showing up then. And let's say somebody gets a little bit of training, not a lot, um, and and they keep this gun in their house. You know, five years down the road. Um, you know, or some people maybe don't get any training. Uh, Five years down the road, are we safer or less safe? Anytime you give the
0: public a chance to defend themselves, we're safer. I mean, it's just, um, when they walk out of here, any reputable gun store will at least try to show them how to use it somewhat. Thank God for YouTube today. They can get on YouTube and find some things, uh, but it's but we're definitely safer. Any chance you have a chance uh, to, for a citizen to protect themselves at home is a good thing,
1: D- David. Uh, I I don't want anybody getting on YouTube learning how to use a gun, man. <laughs> I mean, you can get on YouTube to fix a sink or uh, you know, okay, okay, change a tire, man. But don't get on YouTube to change a, uh, to learn how to shoot. I would a gun. rather
0: them come here, yes, Jason. I would rather them come here, absolutely, because we have the we have the ask for training people here.
1: Um, let me ask you that Our previous guest was talking about And the headlines we've been talking about uh, you know, Speak to concern about Potential civil unrest Around the election results next week Are you concerned that there might be People taken to the streets There might be sporadic violence uh, Or anything like that um, Next week after the election
0: Everything I see points toward it I mean they're really uh, They're doing it now uh, I can't imagine it stopping, no matter who wins, I can't imagine it stopping afterwards. Um, we're, we're gearing up till the end of next quarter. If we can, as much ammo we can get in here. Uh, like I said, we're, we're a small potato. We're not very big and we could take all the ammo we can get.
1: What do you mean you're gearing up to the end of next quarter, to the end of the year?
0: I anticipating like, same sales, same kind of, we're, we're trying to order inventory out through the end of first quarter um as much as we can order uh, that's just are you
1: can are you concerned at all
0: yes i think anybody would i think you need to be prepared yes i think with the uh with the police officers being completely worn out beaten down and underpaid they took their overtime away from them during here in dallas even you can't depend on the police officers you've got to go to the first responder as you and uh, I am concerned. Uh, I was concerned enough to, to step up, to have enough inventory, and buy as much ammo as I can so that my customers can feel safe in their own homes.
1: And, and what do you think hmm. that my, I mean, are, are, do you think that people be marching through neighborhoods or, or just civil unrest in, in the city centers or, or what?
0: I don't see people marching through the neighborhoods in the Dallas area. I just don't, but yet, you have parades going through here. Um, I think in the the inner city areas, you're going to have quite a bit of civil unrest. Just...
1: And, and we should point out too that uh, your son is a police officer as well too. So you don't you're not just speaking from the hip or shooting from the hip, if you will. That you know, your your son is actually uh, you know one of the, one of the guys on the on the front lines. As yes, well, he is. Though.
0: And he and a lot of good men. I mean, the house police department is filled with great human beings. And it's just it's just sad that they get broad brush painted. That uh, they're out there during COVID. They were working shifts. That you know, working in areas. They were putting their lives at risk. So, anyway, yes, uh, it's important for. But the biggest thing is, I we have a passion for people to be able to protect themselves. Don't depend on somebody else.
2: So, David, uh, through the end of the year, you know, after we get these results, uh, the election results next week, um, we assume we'll get the election results next week. Uh, even after that, whichever way it goes, do you think business is still going to be nuts? Or do you think that uh, depending on who wins, it'll either be nuts or
0: get quiet? I think it. Who, who wins will determine the amount of um, police force that gets back on the streets. So I think that determining who wins will have some effect on it. Yes, I think more law and order will prevail after the election if Trump wins. If Biden wins, I think you're going to have a lot of civil unrest. Uh, hmm. There will be unrest after if Trump wins, there'll still be unrest. I just think there will be. Anyway, we're gearing up for both just because uh
1: that's just the way our society is today. Hmm. It's a sobering conversation. Sorry um, about that, guys. It's, no, it's, that's it's, why we called you, David. You, yeah. you, you, you see from these people who are coming to your store buying firearms, never purchased a firearm before, never. Um, and that, that's I've seen the headlines. I mean, the, the New Yorker uh, is a great publication, in my opinion, and, and they published a headline on on Saturday. And the headline says, what can you do if Trump stages a coup? I mean, you, you see the headlines um, all over the place and you're like, what the hell? Why do I have to prepare for a coup? I live I live in a suburb. I live in a neighborhood. I'm not preparing for a coup d'etat. Um, but then you see what's going on. You can't find ammo at places like Academy, um, at your place, uh, Eagle Gun Range and Farmers Branch in Louisville. And it, it makes you think, what's going on? It's not just Texas. Where these problems exist, it's every state in the country. It's really. Hop scary. online and try to try to buy any type of ammo. Mm-hmm. Go to Bass Pro Shops, empty Cabela's, empty. You can't find
0: it. No, and those guys are massive. They buy train loads. We brought mm-hmm. a truckload. They brought train loads, and they can't get it. And when they do get it, they've got people lined up, you know, around the block just to get in and, and buy it up quick.
1: Wow,
2: that is telling. Uh, David Prince, thanks for uh, taking the time with us today, yeah. although I think you may have killed Jason Whiteley's uh, buzz that he had there off of his imported beer
0: uh, today. <laughs> I need another one, man. Jeez. <laughs> well, the, uh, this is great therapy. Come in and get some lead therapy. We <laughs> relieve a lot of stress. If you want to use up your ammo, come on in and shoot it, you know. There,
1: there's no way I'm using any ammo, but I don't have any ammo. That's yeah. right. But, uh, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So we started this podcast with a a beer, man. I lost my buzz quick. Yeah, that kind of took it down a notch
2: or two. Uh, But, you know, this is the reason that we're even discussing this. You know, we certainly don't want to fan any flames that are out there. But it's, it's like every day you just keep seeing these headlines and these stories and these guides that are being put out. Uh, and, and you know, for what happens on election night and the nights after that, and, it, you know, you just start thinking, geez, is this, you know, like I said, is this going to be something huge or is it going to feel like, you know, all that preparation for Y2K that was all for naught, you know?
1: Yeah. I, I, you know, I saw an article over the weekend that really gave me hope, mm-hmm. and it's in the New York Times, and it was about the presidential elections in Bolivia. mm mm-hmm. And let me read the opening line. It's, it's uh, two three sentences in the, in the New York Times. As election day neared, candidates fretted over the possibility of fraud. Voters across Bolivia questioned the solidity of the electoral process. Many worried that the result, any result, would provoke anger and violence from the other side. But in the days that followed, something unexpected happened. The election went smoothly. Its results were quickly and widely accepted. And I, I'm really hoping... And in my gut, I think that's going to happen here. You
2: could have substituted in the word, uh, the words United States for Bolivia there, yeah. I think. I
1: mean, the, the dateline said La Paz, Bolivia. That could be any city in the United States. Mm-hmm. You're right. And, you know, um, I,
2: I will say, I you know, maybe I'm naive here, but I agree with you. Uh, that's what I've been thinking all along. I think that there's a lot of bluster uh, that's happening right now in the campaign, I think that there are a lot of fervent supporters on both sides, and there should be fervent supporters. Uh, And I think that, you know, people are rightly concerned about democracy happening legally and carefully and correctly. We should always be concerned about that. Um, But at the end of the day, you know, these people who conduct elections, the way this thing goes, it's, you know, it's tried and true. It's been done over and over again. There's a lot of eyeballs on this. Uh, and, and I think it'll happen like it's supposed to. And I agree that I think that people will, by and large, behave themselves. There will be some, some fringe elements. There will be some troublemakers. Um, but by and large, I think people are going to accept it and behave themselves. And by accepting it, I mean they'll accept the result legally. They may hate the result and not accept it in, in terms of you know, agreeing with it and, and liking it, but they'll accept it.
1: Yeah, man, I, I don't know. It's it's it it is a little concerning, but I think you're right. I think they'll accept it, and I, I think the the best thing to do election night is to crack open a cold one, go to bed early. Another tecate, huh? I, I, no, I'm going to go buy something. Uh, I mean, I, I love Takate, Don't get me wrong. I don't want Takate fans. No, Takate like, is made, good. It's good nailing just, me to the wall here on Twitter. I'm ripping you. Um, yeah. Maybe a
2: rolling rock.
1: <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know.
2: You know, I am. Um, I am a little comforted though to know that. You know, I mean, if you can't find ammunition on the shelves anywhere, you can start thinking, yeah, what's going on here. Uh, but in the end, Jason, you know what this is like, right? This is a lot like trying to get those ball bearings for a rollerblade right now. It's just that the supply chain is all messed up. It's all the same stuff,
1: or the supply and demand curve. There is no demand for rollerblades. <laughs> um, th- th- that could be an issue as well, too. <laughs> you know, let's hope on November fourth you can uh, crack out the rollerblades again oh. and run up and down the street on those things, man. Does sound and, good. Uh, yeah, yeah. You, can, you can feel safe In doing so And so. let's hope That it's
2: all decided By then too uh, It's going to be A crazy week ahead folks Don't be surprised By the way Please subscribe To the podcast here Don't be surprised If we drop An extra episode here We have kind of A fun one in mind That might happen In the next couple of days We'll see if we can Actually get that together It's like herding cats But yeah, don't be surprised if you see a couple of extra episodes from us in the week ahead because uh, we're going to be working like maniacs. He was talking about those 12 on, 12 off for officers. I think it might be that way for us as well. Actually, that might be the best case scenario for us. You only
1: work 12 hours a day, man? (laughs) Gosh, I need your gig. (laughs) Thanks as always for for
2: listening, guys and gals.